Awesome. So uh, I, we have a special treat for you uh, this, uh, this afternoon uh, because we have uh, an a, uh, awesome guest speaker um, who's, uh, who's going to be blessing us with the word. And I, I'm particularly uh, excited because this is somebody that um, I, I have known for, for many, many years and have gotten to observe uh, them applying or pu- putting their hand to the plow, never looking back. Um, that's what I think of when I think of Pastor Carol Mkize. Uh, Pastor Carol, yeah. Pastor, Pastor Carol is, a, is just a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal woman of God. She uh, spent many years as the campus director uh, at, uh, at Every Nation Vits. She's now the uh, Every Nation Southern Africa campus director. So she oversees all the Southern African campus ministries. And we, we as Every Nation uh, are a movement that loves uh, campus ministry. We, we love the link between campus ministry and community, and we always uh, want to see that as part of our DNA. So it's, it's such an awesome privilege uh, for us to receive from uh, Pastor Carol this, this morning. And as she comes up, Pastor Carol, you can come on up. Um, what, one of the things that I, I really admire about her, and I think I've said it to her before, is just her ability to raise and release leaders. Um, Pastor Carol is always, if you, if you see, if you uh, run into Pastor Carol, she's always surrounded by leaders, and they're always excited about the vision for campus ministry, always excited about reaching out, always excited about the gospel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's something that I've always admired about her. And so I've tried every so often to, you know, try and get close to her, have <laughs> coffee so that it can rub off a little bit and I can have some. But, you know, um, we'll, we'll, continue to, we'll continue to try is, uh, is all I can say. Pastor Carol, we're so looking forward to receiving the word from you this morning. Let's give her a 12 welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Pastor Nereko. Please excuse my voice. Um, I caught a flu bug and I had no voice actually for three days, so this is a massive miracle. It means God really wanted me to speak because I made a deal with him that if I don't get my voice back, then we're just going to get the guys to come back for worship. And um, nothing wrong with a worship service, you know, it's always great. But um, it's back, so now I have to really preach. Um, But um, it's so nice um, to be here. Really an honor, Pastor Lerico. Thank you for inviting me. It's always a risk um, to have me as a speaker, but you know, somebody's got to fulfill some scriptures in the Bible, you guys. Really. You know, the Bible says that God will use the foolish things to shame the wise. So you are the wise this morning or this afternoon, and I'm the foolish thing. Um, but it's always such an, it's an honor for me. I hear it's your birthday month. You're turning two at the end of the month. This is the perfect month. It's such a blessed um, and destined for, for great things. Anyone who was born in February is just so blessed. If that's you, won't you raise your hand, and then Asha will get to you with a blessing. <laughs> that's my birthday month, of course, and so I'm excited that you're turning two. I'll be here at the party to celebrate mine and your birthday. Um, but what an incredible work God has done in this place. This is really great. This is my favorite group because of the time. I prefer this time. Now, I know that your reasons are probably godlier than mine. Um, but it's just, it's nice to wake up at 10, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and then be able to. So I, I said yes very quickly when I was asked to come in and, and speak here. I also like coming to speak here because I get things that I just like, like toys, you know? I love gadgets, but you don't get this in campus ministry. 
You know, you, you get the title, you know, a director of Southern Africa. What that basically means is that she was too old and we had to just move her over <laughs> so, the, so the next generation could take over. But it's quite nice to then, because of the title, to then get to come and preach here because I'm just going to be playing with my... Now, if the slides start confusing you, sorry, we'll get, we'll get them, we'll get the PowerPoint, we'll put it online. That's so not true. They wouldn't take that risk. But um, I'm going to keep clicking because I don't even know like, where this is going to go. They just say to me, click. And I'm just like, oh, okay. We'll see how that goes. Now, we're going to pray in a moment because, honestly, if we don't do that, we're not going to get into the Word. And then some of you are not going to be really happy and you won't enjoy your lunch. And I really want your food to digest. <laughs> I sang so much during worship. Wasn't that amazing? I actually forgot that I needed to preserve my voice. I was just like in heaven, and then I thought, oh, it would be great if it goes, because then we could just, again, go back into worship. Now, we're talking about purpose and destiny, and the good thing about that is that we, Pastor Sai was, was sharing now about the campaign, and Pastor Lerico also shared about the campaign, um, and we're going to be going into the details of how to discover your purpose for some of us who actually want to know what on earth are we here for. Like, what on earth, guys? Seriously. What on earth are we here for? What is the reason why we're here? So if you don't get anything out of this, just, um, you know, feel free, have peace in your heart that God's going to speak to you in the next five, six weeks. Um, but my faith this morning or this afternoon, do you say afternoon? Do you say this midday? This midday. This, this afternoon. My faith this afternoon is that God would come and meet all of us where we're at and that he would intersect the places where we really need to hear from him and that he would do a work in us, not because of the foolish thing that is in front of you, but because of the power that is in him that he uses in us. And so I want to encourage you that you would open up your heart this morning, this midday, this afternoon this afternoon, that you would open up your heart this afternoon, that God would, would, would really speak to you, um, and that you would allow him to speak to you. So let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for every individual in this place. I thank you for the families represented by the individuals in this place. I thank you, Father, for the work that you're going to do through us this afternoon, Lord God. I thank you, Father, for the generational curses that you're going to break with your word because of the power of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, I submit to your authority this afternoon, Lord, and I ask you that you would use me, Lord God. Father, I submit to your authority, and I ask you that you would remove any sermon in my head or any idea that I think is good, that I think needs to be heard, and that you would replace that with your word, Lord God, the power of of your word. Holy Spirit, won't you come and do the work that only you can do, that man cannot do unless you empower him. And so, Father, have your way this afternoon, Lord God. We are waiting on you, Lord God, and we trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I love this topic. I could never, you know, like, I don't know, like, I, I love reading and, 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 and talking about purpose, um, but it's something that I could never overstudy, and something that I could never get to the end of discovering um, is what I found about purpose. But before I tell you my ideas, which mean nothing really, I've written no book, there's a reason. 
Before I tell you my ideas, I'd like for us to actually rather get into the word. But before we do that, let's talk about what, what is purpose. What's the, the Oxford definition of purpose? Look at that. <laughs> so basically, what is purpose? <laughs> Oxford Dictionary defines it this way. The reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. That is purpose. Everything has a creator. Everything. And so creation actually reveals its creator. This is as much of the notes you're going to get this morning. Uh, afternoon. Creation reveals its creator. Everything has a creator. And whatever is created, when it starts working the way it was meant to be, it reveals the creator. In other words, when people search out a creation, they either eventually discover the creator or they search for the creator because of the creation. It's either people will be drawn to something that's been created because of the creator. It's either you meet the creator because of the impress, um, how impressed you are by what they created or the creation itself will reveal the creator. So here's a quick question I have for you this morning, just to play around before we get into serious work. Now, everything as a creator, I want to know how many of you know who created these. Oh, this is so cool. Pastor Neo, change your ways. Who is the creator of Facebook or the founder of Facebook? Duh, because everybody knows that. But you didn't know who Mark Zuckerberg was before Facebook, right? And it was Facebook that led you to find out who Mark Zuckerberg was. But there are people who knew who Mark Zuckerberg was and what he used to focus on and what he was interested in, right? We just now know because what he created is something that we now can use very well and it's useful and functional and something that connects everybody from all over the place. And so we became interested. Otherwise, if you said Mark Zuckerberg and there was no Facebook, you'd be like, eh, it's pretty much like Carol McKeezy. For now, it's like, eh, I watch the space. <laughs> Who created Samsung? Who's the founder of Samsung? Isn't that always interesting? People are like, oh, Samsung is so much better than iPhone. You know these iPhone people. Who's the founder? <laughs> Who's the founder? <laughs> How many of you own Samsungs? Don't be ashamed. There'll be an altar call at the end. <laughs> now, do you know who created what's in your hand? This is always amazing. I thought it was just the students who don't know. So nobody knows in this congregation. Oh, Pastor Neva, I want to say that your students are way smarter. They, Li Bang Shu. Now I, I, I check the pronunciation. How many of you? Never mind. Nobody knows, but you have the phone. It means it's not compelling. I want you to love me, so I'll get into the Word of God. Who created Apple? And the people know. So maybe let's stop the argument of what's better, Samsung or... Listen, purpose is not about the, these gadgets. But the point is, the people who love Apple know who created Apple. 
but also the founder of Apple is well known. Why? Because it created something that's unique. It's better than a phone. It's not a phone. Is it a phone? <laughs> Who created Google? Or was the founder of Google? Who's the founder of Google? Do you think Google has two founders or three founders? Two, okay, at least some people know something, but you just don't know who they are. So it could also be Carol. You don't know. I could be standing in front of you, standing here in your presence <laughs> as the Google creator. Larry Page and Sergey Brin. Well done. Well done. Everything has a creator, and that creation reveals that creation. Our creator is God. And this morning, my focus, I want to focus on a, a life of Joseph to take us through this purpose journey and looking at our purpose and, and, and who we are. Because we always have to go back to the creator. See, when you buy something, most of us don't really go through the manual. We kind of think we can figure it out, although we're not the ones that created something until something happens to it, and then you go back, where's that manual? Like, looking back for it. And sometimes that's what needs to happen in our lives, that we get so confused that your first place should not be people around you, all the self-help books, but you go back to your creator to find out, where did I miss it? Where did I miss the instruction to help this function well, to help this believe that there's a purpose and a destiny for my life? What is it that I'm here on earth for? See, unless you actually start partnering with this manual, you're actually going to need everybody's opinions, and everybody's opinions is just an opinion. It's what they've experienced. We all see in part. It's not the full picture. The person who holds the entire picture is the owner of this book. It is the author and the finisher of your faith. It's not good ideas from the one person who's done something that you're dreaming about. Because you see, when you inspire someone and you see someone as a role model, it's great that they're there as an inspiration, but not your everything. Because if they become your everything, you start minimizing who you're meant to be by looking at their life and letting their life dictate what steps you take. How often do you think of your role models and think, what do they do when they wake up in the morning? What if God is trying to show you a new way that will liberate a generation and you are stuck holding on to a human being who is created just like you? This is where you find your answers. This should become your best friend. This is the place to be. There's no other way. We've heard, we hear great sermons all the time, right? We go to great conferences. We hear about purpose and destiny. And often, you can come back from a great conference and still little change in you. But if you get into this on a daily basis, when you start attending those conferences or those purpose seminars or whatever it is that you attend, it will add to what God has already built in you. It won't define you. It will add to you. Amen. <laughs> These nerves are not going away. But Jesus is my Lord. <laughs> Let's get into it, the life of, of Joseph. Turn with me to Genesis 37. Now, please forgive me because I, I read long scriptures. 
Now, because you're not students, I decided I'm going to cut them in half. But with students, we read the entire chapter. <laughs> it is better for you to hear from the Word of God than to hear my opinions. Trust me. Jacob lived in the land. This is Genesis 37, 1 to 11. Usually I read from 1 to 39, so I, I cut it out. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And he brought their father a bad report about them. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than any of his sons because he had been born to him in his old age. So basically, jo Jacob was Joseph's grandfather. And he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that, you missed that, but you'll catch it. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. These are his brothers. Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. You know, I thought I wouldn't do this, but how many of you have seen that advert about Vuyo? Vuyo is a big dreamer. That's Joseph. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out of the field, out in the field, when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. How many of you would think that's a great dream coming from your sibling? Right in the beginning, one of the last ones. And he's telling you that your work is going to bow down to his work. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Rightfully so. Because, you know, the younger ones always think they know better. In a good way. I love them. Do you intend to reign over us? Will you eventually rule us? And they hated him all the more because his dream and what he had said. Remember that they already hated him. The dream only just made them hate him all the more. I had another dream. And this time, the sun and the moon and 11 stars. You see, Joseph just hasn't learned. The reception he got from the first dream, that should have been an indicator that maybe he just toned down in terms of like what you're sharing with your siblings. He didn't learn from that. I had another dream, and this time the sun and the moon, these are the parents, and 11 stars, that's the 11 brothers, were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. See, the, the dad did not write it off. Here's my first point. Our purpose is a beginning. You see, with Joseph, it started with a dream. He had a dream. God spoke to him. God showed him. Maybe it wasn't as clear as how it ended up working out, but he had a dream, and he knew that there was something that set him apart from his siblings, and that there's something that he would be doing that would be very clear that his siblings come around him, and they bow down to his calling and what God has called him to, to do. Now, maybe there's a way that, you know, he could have phrased it, you know, well, or, or put it in such a way that it doesn't sound like he becomes the king and they become like his servants. However, he had a dream, and we all at some point have to get a word from God. Now, you might say, well, I haven't had a dream. And some of us, maybe you've received a prophetic word. And sometimes, you know, like we, we write our prophetic words according to what we like, right? Like what we prefer. Like 
I've heard prophetic words. Every single time I've received a prophetic word, there's always something in the middle that I just dismiss. Like, but you're going to go through the valley of, and I'm like, of life and um, greatness. <laughs> and I just discard all of that. And I'm like, did you hear that? They said, I'm going to build hospitals. I'm going to build schools. But you're going to go through a time of pruning, of prunes. <laughs> I always discard that. And then I go through that season and I go, God, where are you? And he's like, but I told you. And this is the reason why I told you, so that you will not forsake your calling. Because guess what? When you go through the times of testing, which you will go through, even if you've, you got a word from Jim LeFun himself or Jesus himself appeared to you in a vision, you will go through the testing of your calling. You will go through the pruning. You will go through the character-building phase that we all just don't like. But it is so good for us because it helps you separate who actually is the dream giver and the dream carrier. There's a difference between the two. The giver is the owner. He has given it to you. You are the carrier. So you will go through times of testing. But when I go through those times of testing, I almost need my friends around who've heard the word to remind me that. But you remember that they said there will be a season when you will go through that, this is the same thing that happened to Joseph. He shares the dream. He got a dream. Now, you might say, well, I haven't, got, I haven't dreamt anything. I haven't received a vision. I haven't seen a vision. I haven't received a prophetic word. Well, you know what? Sometimes it's just good to see what are the things that you naturally gravitate to. What are the things that you find doing naturally or you're passionate about? Everybody has passions. Even the people who are like, no, I'm just feeling dull at the moment. I'm just not passionate about anything. You're waking up for something, though. There's a reason why you're getting up. Maybe go and look into that. What is it that, that pulls you to actually moving forward? So if you want to know, start looking at the things that you naturally gravitate to. That's a, a big sign. Time is up. Really? Oh, thank you. God bless you. So generous. <laughs> Our purpose is a beginning. And so, for those of you who feel like you haven't really received a word, seek your beginning. Start with God. God, won't you reveal what you created me for? Before you even go and seek out all the, you know, like the ideas and opinions of people, you, in your own private space, ask him. He is faithful. He will speak to you. Maybe not the way you expect him to. Maybe not, you know, like some of us have the audacity to say to God, I want you to write it on the wall before I move. What would you do if you just started seeing, literally, <laughs> writing on the wall? I want an audible voice. If God spoke to you and it was an audible voice, would you really receive it as God? Or would you think that you're being pranked in a scary movie? And sometimes the things that we say and get so upset with God at the ridiculous things that we wouldn't even believe. So God gives it to you the way you will hear and understand. Trust him. He can be trusted. Joseph had a dream. You can ask God. And that was his beginning. And so he knew. Now, now that he's had a dream, you would think that things would go well, right? That everybody kind of understand that this is the guy. You know, this, this is the Neo of our family. That's the Matrix a long time ago. But hey. <laughs> But listen to what Genesis 37, 12 to 14 says. Now his brothers had gone to graze their father's flocks near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, as you know, your brothers are grazing. I'm sorry. 
brothers are grazing their flocks near Shechem. Come, I am going to send you to them. Very well, he replied. So he, he said to him, go and see if all is well with your brothers and with the flocks and bring word back to him. This is just not a great idea. You know, like parents need to sense it and, 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 and kind of sense like the situation. If you already know that like your sons don't like the other son, maybe don't send him to go and, and kind of tell the other guys like and check on them. Because it's, it's almost like you're already fulfilling, but can you see that the dream is already kind of playing out? Go and check on them. Um, jump to 17, second part, to 21. So Joseph went up to his brothers and found them near Dothan. Dothan. But they saw him in the distance, and before he, preached, he reached them, they plotted to kill him. He comes the, here comes that dreamer, Vuyo. They said to each other, Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of, the, of these cisterns, his brothers, his blood brothers, and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. When Reuben heard this, here's God's intervention. Quite mild, but intervention. When Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue him from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. Jump to 26, Judah said to his brothers, now they spoke about it, and then here in 26, Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain if we kill our brother? Here's another intervention. And cover his blood. Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph out of the cistern and, sorry, I was wondering why it's so quiet now. <laughs> and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. Can you believe this? He has a dream. It looks great. His dad begins to actually walk into this, tells him to go and check on his brothers, and boom, he gets sold into slavery. Here he was off, sent to another land, place, to be a slave not the person who was going to reign. What happens when God gives us the word and the very next day the opposite happens? What happens? So what did Joseph have to overcome during this experience? Remember, this is his family that did this to him. Joseph had to overcome betrayal and rejection. He had to get over it in order for this calling to still happen. For, his, for him to actually still live out this purpose. He also had to um, overcome a, a massive detour concerning his destiny. Well, he's sold to slavery. This is a person that thought that he was going to reign, but now he's a slave, sold. They have rights to him. How then do you reign? But oh, Joseph gets to be sold in slavery. Here's my second point. Realizing our purpose is a journey. Realizing our purpose, listen, there are three points and I'm, I'm almost there. <laughs> Please allow me to just read this quickly. Genesis 39, verse 1 to 9. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar and an Egyptian, who was one of the Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard brought him to the Ishmaelites um, who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph. Did you hear that? The Lord was with Joseph. It's not obvious. doesn't feel like that. And that's the reality and the truth. God is with you, even when it doesn't feel like it. God, you said this was going to happen to me. 
you said that I should go and study and I'm going to actually get this degree and you fail your first module. God, you said that I'm going to get there and I'm going to make a difference in the marketplace, that I'm going to get into my business and my boss will know me by name. But now I've got such a bad performance review. How is that ever going to happen? Discouragement. God, you promised me that you would use me and that I will make your name famous. And yet my name is now put to shame. And he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him, you see, your boss will always know that God is with you. There is always something about God's people. There's always something about them when God is with them, when God is on them, that people can't really pinpoint. And so they try. Is it the family you come from? Is it your background? Is it the school you went to? No. You know it's God. Um, was with him, and the Lord gave him success in everything that he did. Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time that he put him in charge to his, of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. Some of your companies will begin to prosper because you are there. And it might be that you are not prospering per se, but because you are there, people will begin to see success. You hold on to God until he reveals you. The blessing of the Lord is on everything. I've already said that. Now, Joseph was well-built and handsome. Ooh. <laughs> and after a while, his master's wife took notice. Uh-uh. Come to bed with me, of course. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. This is the type of faithfulness that is needed from us. That in the midst of not seeing what God is really doing in the midst of our purpose as we journey, that our role is to be faithful even when nobody is looking. Um, everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you. Because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Look at the turn of events. This is no longer about the master, but God himself. That even if you, your husband comes back here and says, I should sleep with you, I will not do it because I will not sin against God. Even when everybody in the company says to you, but this is how it's done. They will never hear us unless we take this route that you say, well, that route will make me sin against God. So then I will have to actually withdraw from that. This is Joseph who was betrayed by his family. He should be sitting in inner healing for years. No, seriously, not even from a joke. He should be dealing with all the rejection and betrayal issues from his family. There's nothing worse than being betrayed by the people who are meant to show you love and love you. So how is he actually overcoming and being able to stand up against Potiphar's wife, who he knew that the ending wasn't going to be great. So we all know he ends up in jail because she then fakes and says that he tried to sleep with her and tried to rape her, and they believe him. He, go, she go, he goes into jail. This story is not looking great for Joseph. It's like, you dream this, but Mr. Dreamer, what's going on with you, you know? Now, at this point, wouldn't we be coming in to say that maybe there's a generational curse. You need to break certain things over your, your life. Maybe there, there's sins in your life. There's something that you need to confess. Watch who you listen to more than the word of God. 
Because God was with Joseph. Joseph knew that, and so he could still trust him. He goes into jail. He gets put in a high position again. He gets this cupbearer and this baker that, you know, gets sent for real reasons why they're now in jail. And they have dreams. He interprets the dreams. He interprets his dreams. Instead of going, I'm not interpreting no dream. Last time I interpreted my dream, this is what it did to me. <laughs> Isn't that what we do with our calling? Last time I did that, this is what it did to me. Right? But we have to get over it. Get over it and move on. Let the Lord heal you along the journey. Keep going. Keep going. Keep moving. And my third point is this. God is at the center of our purpose. I'm going to have to quickly close this. Genesis 45, this is the ending. I can't take you through the entire story. He goes into jail, he stays there. He interprets the dreams. They, you know, Baker dies, which was true. Cupbearer lives, goes, tells Pharaoh, but Cupbearer forgets until Pharaoh has a dream. No one can interpret the dream. And he goes, ah, oh, that guy in jail. Two years later, he then says, oh, there's Joseph. Maybe he can, you know, I don't know. They get him, he interprets the dream. It's right. All of that goes around, he becomes a prime minister in Egypt. Was his dream wrong? No. So it was actually true that it was going to rain. Now the land was in famine. Who ends up in Egypt? His brothers. Now if Joseph didn't go through the inner healing as he was moving, ooh. But let's get to the end of it. Genesis 45, then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. This is after he had, he didn't reveal himself. He didn't tell them that this was him. It's a very long story. In fact, it's good that I'm not telling you the story. Go and read it. <laughs> Come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I'm your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. So can you imagine the shame after doing the deed? And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been famine in the land. And for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. It was God who sold him to slavery because he knew that his purpose was right there in Egypt as the prime minister, and there was a journey that he needed to go through. Do not despise the days of small beginnings and the things that you're going through. Whatever you're facing right now doesn't mean that you don't know how to hear from God about your calling. You're right at the center of it because God is at the center of it. Won't you please stand with me this morning? And so because I've run out of time and disrespected the pastors, I'm really sorry. I'm not going to go into the conclusion that I was going to go into, but I do want to read this last scripture for you. See, you were created on purpose for a purpose. It was on purpose that God created you, and he had a purpose that he created you for. And here's the purpose. For I formed you <clears throat> in my inward parts. You knitted me together. For you formed me in my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in the secret place, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, 
when as yet there was none of the, there was none of them. Please close your eyes and bow your heads if you feel comfortable. I don't know what your circumstances are and how you were created. Maybe you were rejected. Maybe you, you were almost aborted. Maybe your parents didn't want you. Maybe they've even said it to your face that you were not wanted. I don't know how you were created and how you were formed in your mother's womb. I don't know if it was good circumstances, whether they were married or not, whether you were born out of wedlock or not, whether you were called an illegitimate child or not. I don't know what you know about yourself, but I know this about God, that He was right there when you were formed and He formed you for a purpose. He knitted you in your mother's womb and protected you regardless of the circumstances that you were facing. There's so many things that happen, so many abortions that become successful, but there are some that don't. And there's a reason why you are here today. And so as I was praying about this sermon and praying about the people that would be here, I really felt like the Lord, just like we've been seeing what's happening in the world, I felt like the enemy wants to abort a lot of purpose and destiny. We're seeing it in the physical, hearing it, seeing certain judgments being passed that are really painful to deal with, but there's nothing like a sneaky enemy that will do that when you are distracted and not realizing. And so some of you here, God has been speaking to you. You've been confused. You don't understand. You do all the right things. You follow him. You see, with Joseph, his ultimate master was God. So anyone that you find favor with, it's because God has given you that favor. You don't turn them into your master. God remains your master. But in order for you to actually click and understand how to walk this journey, you need to be connected to the Father. So I, wanna, I do want to pray for those of you who are feeling discouraged in your calling and feeling discouraged in your, in your, in your walk. But there's a group of people that I want to pray for, those of you who don't know Jesus Christ and what He's done for you and the fact that there could be a connection from the scripture of Psalm 139 that God has a plan for your life. And if you don't know Jesus, it would be hard to actually journey and have this walk with Him. So if you know this morning that you don't have a relationship with Him or maybe you did and you walked away because you got so disappointed with all the things that happened in your walk, but God is saying to you, come back. And you know that he's been calling you this morning, this afternoon. Please give me the opportunity to pray for you. We'll pray afterwards. We'll release the rest of you. If that's you, won't you please raise your hand so that I can see who I need to pray for. That you're saying that I need this relationship. I need to walk again with God. Oh, I need to be united with God. I need to know what this is about. I don't want to waste any more time. So if that's you, you can come and speak to me. Thank you. I see that hand. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? I will pray with thank you. I see that hand. I'm just going to ask you after this, after I end in prayer, that you come down and I will pray with you. I don't rush it. Thank you. That's so godly. <laughs> so if that's you and you've raised your hand, I know that heaven is contending right now. And I ask you Christians in this place, that you would begin to pray in the Spirit, that some of the people would walk away from this place no longer feeling suicidal because they've had an encounter with Jesus. If you raise your hand to have an encounter with God, 
Won't you please come down? Won't you make your way down? I don't want to waste any more time, but if you raise your hand, please make your way down. Take it, bring your belongings. And we're going to encourage you as a congregation. And if you didn't raise your hand, but you know that you should be down here, that God is calling you back, calling you back home, please make your way down here. Won't you please encourage them, church? For I guarantee you that heaven, even for that one soul that responds in their heart, and if you know that your heart is beating so fast, but you don't know what to do in this moment, then won't you be brave enough? Come on, heaven is having a better party than that. They are having a better party than that. Jesus, we thank you for every life that the enemy thought that he had taken out, that you are bringing back. Father, we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This is not to embarrass anyone, but this is you taking steps of boldness. This is you making a difference and saying that I'm leaving it behind to make another call. If you know that that's you, you can make your way down here or you can come speak to us afterwards. Are we going to pray this brave young man and the destiny on your life? The most incredible thing that will ever happen to you is that you will always remember this day that when we spoke about purpose, God called you back. He called you back into His arms because there's such a deep call and destiny over you. But you repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for my life. Thank you that you knew me before I was even knitted in my mother's womb. So today, God, I commit my life to you. And I ask you, Lord, that you would be Lord of my life. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for forgiving me. And thank you for giving me eternal life. And, for to, and from today onwards, I will honor you. I will serve you. I will worship you with my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Want to give him a hand? Like, can, yes, yes, yes. Amen and amen. Have a good afternoon. Thank you, everybody. Sorry, Pastor Lerico. Let's give a awesome hand for Pastor Carol.